What's going on, guys? This is Ricky Jackson from Pathology, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everybody, I'm going to welcome you all back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. As always, this is your host, Sonny, here back once again. Today, I have the honor of speaking with an immensely talented individual in Ricky Jackson. Thank you for so much for taking the time out of your day to join our IUF series. This is a super exciting day of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at Pathology with the release of your latest album, The Everlasting Plague, which is out now worldwide through Nuclear Blast Records. Uh, Ricky, I want to start things off by you know commending you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far. I mean, 11 albums cemented into this band's impressive discography. There's just so much to discover about this headbanger in your face of a record which i just couldn't let go and who you're all about but before we get to all that and beyond i know you're out on the west coast we kind of talked about it before the interview started uh two things now that we're collectively seeing the light at the end of this long tunnel we've been in for the last one and a half two years uh how are you man and what is life like on the west coast out in uh in uh, 2021 yeah <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm stoked to be here with you guys. Um, man, the pandemic has been crazy, you know, like especially over the least. And we're still getting been, cases here in Texas, man. Yeah, they keep seeing on the news that the cases are rising in Southern California. And I'm like, yeah, are we ever going to have, you know, like some sort of normalization like we did mm-hmm. before the pandemic? And I don't know, but um, like musically, it's been tough too because, you know, like, no, no bands were touring, couldn't put, play any shows, couldn't even go look at it, like watch shows. Um, we kept up the practicing and, and the writing of the album and everything and trying to prepare for the end of the pandemic. And it's, it's, it's really nice to see tours being announced now. And some of the packages are ridiculous. Like, Bro, that, I, like, I, I just covered the metal tour of the year. I'm sure you knew about that with Megadeth and Lamb of God. So that was my first official show back into the whole business. And, and I, I, I remember the second, we covered two dates, by the way, on Interview Under Fire. We covered the Dallas show and the El Paso show. But the Dallas show, I remember, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to throw oh, a pers- no, perspective no on there. Being there, I just didn't know what to do with myself, like looking around and like all these fans, just the outpour Dallas sold out, by the way. And I, I, I was like, there was that fear kind of settling. It's like, oh, man, I hope they don't like, you know, midway through the tour, they don't like cancel or anything like that because it was sold out. And I didn't know it, it was hard to it, it was a little kind of nerve wracking trying to like kind of get myself up to speed. Like, OK, we're at shows again. I got to <laughs> learn how to do this, learn how to where to go and stuff like that. It was it's like you're standing there at the yeah, show it, it, feeling it, like. It, it was awkward, just, but like not awkward. You're yeah, like because weird, being but... removed from the experience for a year and a half kind of it really gets to you. And uh, man, talk about getting well, back they, into the swing of things. Yeah. And they made it such a big deal with social distancing, too, that like I feel mm-hmm. like when you go to the shows with big crowds, too, you kind of feel like you're like, OK, like we've been waiting for this. This feels great. But at the same time, too, it's kind of like all that, like pushing of social distancing and all that stuff. And you're kind of like feeling like uh kind of like <laughs> awkward a little bit you know i don't know like i went to uh, the band we all went to go see the black dolly murder tour with uh carnifex yeah i was at that show too yeah yeah, yeah yeah and we're all standing there and it was sold it was sold out at house of blues in san diego and we're all standing there and we're like this is awesome but it's it just felt you know like getting back to going to shows with like a thousand people there you're like it just yeah i hope it doesn't get shut down again or 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And Australia is going through, I don't know if you know about what's going on down under, but they're, they, they're going through their, it's like their seventh, eighth lockdown. And I, I have friends out there, you know, and bands, you know, like buy artists murder and make them yeah. suffer. They can't really play shows out there, you know, as yeah, opposed I'll- to what we're seeing here in the States, but we just got to remind ourselves, Hey, it's like this in the States, but everywhere in the world, it's totally different. People are in different phases of this. The, the pandemic's still going on. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Isn't Australia doing that where if you leave your house, they're like arresting you or something? Yeah, something, something like that. that. And there's like some program you have to put on your cell phone or something <laughs> like that. And it's just, I got to, I got to talk to my friend here tonight because uh, I know she's, she's uh, at the, in Brisbane and it's just, it's wild over there. Things like just are That's upside crazy. down, but it's so um, cra- they're, they're like the craziest country right now that's going on with it yeah so just case in point you know there's oh. a rem- reminder to ourselves that the pandemic is i think we're still a little bit further away from it uh but, being on the back you know rearview mirror i think so too it, but it's so nice to see the tours getting you know like announced and actually mm-hmm. following through with the tours like yeah you know tours are finally being able to like start and finish and it's awesome it's like yeah can't wait like that dying fetus terror vitriol brain of sacrifice tour yeah like, yeah <laughs> ridiculous like, why aren't you guys you guys should be on that tour oh <laughs> uh, i would have loved that that would have been great loved that by the way a side note you're actually in one of my favorite cities in the entire world uh san diego i actually was just in you're in san diego right is that where yeah, you're in, right? so, I'm in so yeah i was in la last month actually and uh i was almost going to go visit San Diego because it's about an hour, hour and a half distance, but I was staying with my friend, but LA, just California, Southern California, that area is like my second home to me. So oh, anyway, awesome. shout out, shout out to come by. Let's hang this, out. Yeah, I got it. No, Next time you're there, let me know, dude. We should have done this interview prior to the my trip and then we could meet up because San Diego, uh, like I said, Coronado <laughs> Islands, probably my favorite oh. place ever, ever. Dude, me too. Uh, me dude, too. Seriously. Do you, do you ever, you ever go to that hotel? You just like, yeah, the Dell. Uh, the, yeah, man. Just the one on the beach. There. That's like, yeah. Dude, there's some crazy stories about that so hotel. I heard, I heard it was haunted. There's that's some, that's yeah, true, it right? Is. It is true. It is true. <laughs> so, dude, crazy little side story. One of my good childhood friends, his friend was one of the lead bartenders there. And he used to tell me this. He used to tell us this story where, because he'd be working late nights bartending. Hmm. And he would always see this guy in this, like, really dark black kind of like trench coat suit deal like out of the corner of his eye like come up to the bar and he's like it's the trippiest thing because he would always see him in the bar um and like kind of moving towards the bar but then when he'd look over to like go you know help him get a a drink Hmm. he would never be there and he said he's seen it like 40 times throughout his like 10 or 12 years of working at the dell and um it is 100% haunted. There's was a couple people that were like murdered there. Uh, I also heard that uh, like movie stars, and I'm and I mean like movie movie stars, like John Wayne and Marilyn Monroe used yeah. to used to you know, excuse me, spend a couple nights out there. And I remember my experience. I know we're going totally off topic. Oh, it's but, all good. But it's, I remember going up the. For anyone who's listening, we have a lot of listeners around the world. But the San Diego, California Hotel Hotel Del coronado out in coronado island if you go up the floors i mean if you've seen the movie titanic the floors kind of slant yeah more and more the uh the higher you go it got it got creepy and the floors start to creak and stuff like that and the reason i'm referencing titanic Titanic, yeah titanic is when the the ship is like tilted that's what it feels like uh you almost kind of get that sense of vertigo but it's got uh anyway it's an awesome area too you know oh and they and they filmed the uh um the one of the scenes of uh 
shit, the Wizard of Oz, right in the middle of it. So if you go to the middle of the hotel, like that, like garden area. Yeah, I didn't know that. The, yeah, with like the uh, they filmed one of the scenes of uh, the Wizard okay. of Oz for the original. It's crazy. Okay, good to know. I didn't. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, just uh, Coronado and just that Hotel del Coronado, that entire it's area beautiful. is just bliss to me, and it's just. I want to live there. Hey, I'll come back out there uh, first. Hopefully, when twenty twenty two when come, comes around, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, obviously, gonna come back out. Oh, there. we'll I'm, get I'll to food and a beer out there on the deck, dude. It'll be Hang so great. It'll water. be so oh, great. We'll, t- we'll talk about that time when we did an interview during the pandemic, right? It'll <laughs> be so good to do something like that. Um, you know, uh, we talked about kind of like the live concert experience, Ricky. I, I do want to get into that because yeah, it's very important. You know, even though. You know, so for people who don't know, you know, a pathology has been around since 2006. I know you joined the band a little bit later in the history, but I want to talk about that touring life. You know, you guys have toured a good part of North America, Europe, Canada, South America. What is it about performing live, Ricky, that you love the most or maybe even miss the most? Do you have a newfound appreciation about it now? Is it safe to say that? Yeah, I think I do. You know, it kind of made me, you know, like... It, it made me sort of reevaluate like where I was musically sort mm. of, you know, during the pandemic, like there's a lot of things that I wanted to work on musically with myself, with, um, you know, stage performance and just kind of like how I approached um, what I was, what I want to do for this next round, you know, after we get back to touring and um, man, like it's hard to, it's, it's hard to explain. Like I just, me with touring like I just feel like I was born to do that like it's this really weird feeling where like um I I started touring in this band called Suffocate from Oakland um about about in 2010 and when I first started touring it was like I couldn't get enough of it like I just felt like I was at home and then progressing now towards being in pathology and and doing a lot of touring with them I just still get that same feeling like I just feel like it's it's what I'm on this earth to do and it it feels really good to to you know feel that and to be able to have that outlet to be able to do that as well and um it's yeah I'm really thankful and like grateful that that has come into my life and and um and and I'm here to be able to to provide that for the fans for people that really enjoy the music like us as people and friends and to be able to, to live that for myself. And that's, that's something I'm like really proud about. Yeah. You can see the grin on my face because uh, that relates to, you know, I'm, I was born to talk to amazing people like you because this is something that I owe myself. You know, the music is a big part of who I am today. And here we are connected on the same thing that we love mo- most yeah. about this music is, is, you know, the live concert experience. The thing that makes pathology pathology is the energy that you guys put on stage. I want to get your take on this because, you know, you're talking about being removed from that live concert experience, right? What is it? Two years since you've been on the stage. Yeah. Years. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That's crazy. crazy. You never thought that would, that would even be in your vocabulary. Here we are, but we've seen this for the last year and a half and some bands are still doing it. depending on which part of the country you're in is live streaming. You know, a lot of the bands, what they did on stage, they took the screen, obviously, these interviews would be in person, right? We would Didn't be... like Suicide Silence do that for like a live. They, they did like a live, like a whole. I think they did yeah, like they, a yeah, they live did, tour. They live or tour no, like at Carnifex like each... too, right? Yeah, like like Carnifex actually did tour, but uh, like live streaming. I don't know what you're talking about. Suicide Silence did the whole 
each night it was in a different city yep. and uh i um i think i i tuned in for one of those shows i i don't know if it was the detroit one but it was the production it, it looks it, sick it was amazing it was ridiculous dude and and i want to also mention code orange one of the first bands oh, yeah. to do it right right when the pandemic hit right i remember there. they did that i don't know if you remember they did that uh set in an empty venue in pittsburgh where that originally that show was going to be packed with a lot of people that band is crazy that band that band is something unique so unique and special to like what they do that like they they blow my mind like whenever i listen to them and watch some of their live stuff because like they kind of i i remember what so what were they called before code orange because i was thinking thinking code orange kids code orange kids code orange kids that's right changed it and yeah they're crazy like they they're so unique like their whole vibe and sound is just so cool i never knew how much i loved industrial metal until i actually picked up that album yeah you can talk about nine inch nails all you want to but you know when code orange dropped underneath i'm like what is this and yeah. we we reviewed it on our website and we put the review out and then we, we went back and revisited that's like the pandemic album now you know you can think about it because that's right when the pandemic came uh happened and the album dropped it helped us get through that time but you know with that We've had artists like come on IUF, like Devin Townsend and Atreyu, Trivium, August Burns Red, to name a few. They gave their input on even a uh, 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 this Finnish band, Insomnium. I don't know if you knew about them, but you know, so yeah, yeah, they're a mellow death band. But but the point is, like, they told me about their experiences on you know selling virtual tickets to the fans, and they would pre-record a show or a live stream a show, whatever the situation was, but. Ricky, uh, uh, I want to round it out of this question. Do you think what we all saw during that rise of the quarantine-induced live streaming, uh, is that going to affect the touring musician business like going forward? Has it already been affected? Like, Do you still see bands like, like doing this as a norm once we enter 2022 and beyond? That's a really good question. So I th- and I thought that that was a really brilliant way to not only stay connected with the scene and with the fans, but with the band as well and like continue yeah. to like push and push and push and another band that i saw doing that was august burns red and those yeah. guys dude those guys are ridiculous they're always putting out new music they're always they were doing live streams like crazy and i think that will help because it kind of gives another aspect of the of the touring band sort of like you could go on a like let's say that you have three tours or four tours in a year or five tours mm-hmm. and if you wanted to come back home and still like do like a cool little live like live stream show in between everything i think that's totally going to happen in the future like yeah uh, and and so many venues to explore about this by the way shout out to august right they're actually friends of oh. mine so so oh, uh, awesome. when, it, when it comes I to ABR. And I, I think you're talking about the the they did one leveler earlier this year. They did that oh, Christmas for so last year. I mean, it's it, so good. And so many other bands came to the forefront with the whole live streaming. And uh, the topic I wanted to talk about, uh, just vaguely, just vaguely, because is is the mental health part. Because I've had I don't know if you've seen this. I've had friends text me, telling me, "Hey, Sonny, you know, uh, you should check out this live stream. This the from this band, you know, so and so. They're doing this." And these are people who haven't actually been to the live setting, you know, because of being around large crowds, that anxiety of being, you know, at a, at a show. This is something that they benefit off of, you know, a, go, a, a live streaming show. So there's so many things to that can make a benefit of, you know, so a lot of people <laughs> say, yeah, I'm not doing anything until this is over. Or some people would say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It gives me a chance to engage with my fans. But mental yeah, health. 
And there's people that, you know, probably still feel like they want to stay social distanced or want exactly. to stay, you exactly. don't feel comfortable to go to the shows yet or something like that. And it's still, it's able to provide um, that for them too. And like, that's really cool. And, and it's these, cool. And, and no, it's cool sorry. Like, no, go ahead, the, go ahead. Like the production side too. Like if you were just to like find an empty warehouse, get some like really sick lighting, yeah. some like flamethrowers or like out of the ground and just set up <laughs> a super sick set for, for like a live stream. Like that would be so much fun. You know, yeah, like I, 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 so I, cool. yeah, Tesseract did something like that last, uh, I think last December and they're, they're, they're a progressive metal band. And uh, I was able to talk to them and they talked about their experience, but yeah, see, you, you nailed it right on the head. There's that, sense of mental health and, and like these are people who i don't see at metal shows i'm like you need to come out to a metal show i would always tell yeah. them that and then they would tell me look at this live streaming this is something that i really benefit off of and of yeah. course there's that conversation of other third world countries who love you guys who may yeah. not have ease of access and they would be able to tune exactly. into live stream see what i mean like exactly we could exactly. dive there we could dive into this rabbit hole even further and further um now we've talked about everything ricky let's talk about the everlasting plague man this new album out today uh out today out, out today man out. 11 albums you know uh, <laughs> out on nuclear blast records now bro uh nuclear blast records uh you are you guys are newly signed to them this past summer and this makes you label mates alongside other bands like behemoth and aversions crown carcass to name a few Crazy. what is it what is it like signing with such a prominent label like nuclear blast to kick off this newest chapter of the band, man, <laughs> dude, it feels so amazing. Honestly, like, so wow. Like just like, so honored. Like I'm so grateful. Like I remember growing up as a kid and like listening to like cradle of filth and Demi Borgir and like, Oh yeah. Like despised. I, I mean, despised icon is a more of a, of a re like, I would say in, in the later years, yeah. Nuclear blast, but like other, you know, nuclear blast bands and like suffocation and stuff back in the day. And like, I just, just spoke to suffocation yesterday. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just spoke to Terrence Hobb. How, how crazy is that? And you, you guys are label mates. <laughs> yeah, dude. I got a, and I used to tour with, uh, with Eric, the drummer, uh, back when he was in blind witness and I was in suffocate. So I definitely Bro. see that guy again. I miss that guy. Man. So that would be cool. Shout, but, shout out to him. <laughs> dude, shout out to him. Can't wait to see you soon, dude. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's just, it's just awesome. Like, I feel just like couldn't I was, you know, they came to see us play on the Enemis uh, parasitic ejaculation tour at, at 1720 in LA. And cause they were coming to see Enemis cause Enemis was a recently signed band by them. Yeah. And then I know Dave had been talking to them. Uh, I think for a, a lot, a lot of years uh, for as with, with the band. And then they came to watch us play and then came up and we had a meeting with them afterwards and they really liked the, the live show. And then, uh, they wanted to hear Reborn to Kill just to make sure with the new music, the reformation of the band, and we put Reborn to Kill out. And then they came back uh, and saw us one other time. I think at the Whiskey A Go Go on that Narcotic Wasteland tour. Yeah. And then um, pandemic hit, and then they they just offered the contract, and I just was oops, wow. I was like, I'm still like, it's crazy. Was, dude. Timing was second to like perfect, and it's uh, crazy, and I'm so stoked. And I hope you guys stick with Nuclear Blast for a while because you guys have you guys are in a really good hands with Nuclear Blast for as long as I've been working with them. I mean, some of the best people that I've worked with in this business. And shout out to Nuclear Blast again. A lot shout of shout outs on a lot of shout outs to the guys on, so on this episode. That's a good thing. Thank now I, I I mentioned 
Thank you, Nuclear Blast. Thank you, Pathology. Now, 11th album. I mentioned that, right? I want to repeat the words here. 11th album, man, because before we get into the core of the Everlasting Plague, uh, for people that don't know, I think you just vaguely mentioned this is the follow-up to 2019's We're Born to Kill. Ricky, you know, here we are, 11 albums in with Pathology. I feel like I could ask this question to Obi or Dave, but I want to get your take on this as well. Yeah. You know, was there any such thing as pressure for you and the guys when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album or even just a follow-up considering we are well into the band's career at this point? Um, I, so the, so it was a little bit more of a streamlined writing process this time because we all kind of knew how we wrote together. Mm. Um, we like to write on the spot at our rehearsal sp- studio and then for just rough ideas, just kind of baseline, like a rough draft of riffs and stuff. And then, uh, take this stuff home to our own little, you know, I have logic in the, in my desk and a focus, right. And I just, you know, plug my amp into it. And I like to write breakdowns on my awesome. set. Of and, and just, uh, we kind of just write, uh, at the house too, and then kind of bring everything to the table and then cut it up, chop it up and then like form it and then revise it, redo it. And when I heard that nuclear blast was, probably going to offer the contract i felt a little pressure myself because i'm like oh my god like this is what we everybody like every you know every band every person in a metal band looks up to nuclear blast and like metal blade and like all those la- the 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 big boy labels and like god just hopes one day like that could be really cool and like for that to happen i felt i felt some pressure on the writing just make but, sure you make sure you pinch yourself as you're telling me this because that is it is reality <laughs> i was like yeah it's you know it's it's really cool but no i did feel some pressure and i and i wanted to make sure that i brought like the heaviest stuff that i could write and i know all the other guys did too and um it was really cool how it kind of just worked out because for we're born to kill we kind of didn't know how we all wrote together and so we we wrote the album and kind of just was like okay this sounds this sounds good um okay this sounds good like let's i i think we're good for born to kill and then this time around we like really dove deep and fine-tuned a lot of stuff wrote a lot of extra songs that didn't even make the album um with we we i remember we were so we started writing in april of last year and it was we went to the studio in January of 2021 um, and it was like September and we were still like deleting huge sections of songs and just making sure that it was really as, as like uh, that our vision was able to come through on, on the record. And uh, it was really, really cool just to be able to just dive really deep with, with the songs. And like, you know, if we didn't really like something or if something sounded kind of weird, we just be like, ah, let's scrap it and let's just start fresh. And so it, it was, yeah, it was cool. It was, it was a way awesome writing experience this time. I want to, I want to piggyback off what you just said, because uh, yeah, drink, drink more of your coffee as I talk about this, because I mean, from songs like a pound of flesh to viciously defiled to uh, corrosive, cranial afflict affliction and what's the last one De- decomposition of millions i mean bro uh, like this is quite the offering because you know we talked about bands like suffocation that bands that kind of just set that mark for death metal you know you guys have yeah. these elements of brutal and traditional sounds of the classic death metal the brutal death metal yet a modernized version of everything that you are it was banger after banger after banger on this album even the 
even the titles to the songs alone that I mentioned. I mean, how does how does Procession of Mangled Humans not make the hair stand up on your skin? I mean, it took me back to bands like, you know, Cannibal Corpse, Autopsy, Cerebral Bore, uh, Disgorge, uh, a Dismember. You know, it was just another impressive addition to Pathology's catalog. I mean, there wasn't a song on here that didn't make me want to not rip shit apart you know thank I, you so much that's I, like i feel like that's so a good much to me. that's, that's awesome. a good formula for as long as i've been listening to death metal you know you talked about how you when you first started writing on this album to where you ended up finishing it and i feel like you've answered this question already but i feel like a lot changed right in between yeah a lot of it a did. to z right and a lot of it did and we, uh, we we literally took out like full songs like that we thought we were going to be on the album for months and we're just like uh time to release a b-side <laughs> it's cool, but we're just like we could do. We could make it. We could make it better, and then we just scrap the whole thing and start over. And Man, so, talking about uh, ending the year on a bang, and you guys have definitely done that. And uh, something, something that I'm going to talk about because the production, good lord, the sound itself was a big part of this record that I really loved. And I'm an audiophile these days, Ricky. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. I'm, you know, I have to mess a lot of EQ levels. I didn't have to do that on this one, dude, because. Um, a shout out to Shark Bite Studios. This was recorded earlier this year at at that Zach Obrin produced, engineered, and mixed by him. Yeah, he's talk awesome. about yeah, so talk good. talk about him a little bit more. I'm sure there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you and the guys, knowing that you had someone like Zach working on this record with you, right? Yeah, like Zach is just, I mean, he's so so talented, you know, engineer wise and recording wise and audio like production wise and stuff like that, and um. I mean, he's, he's worked on so many albums, like his, his, like, I mean, his, his resume, right? His resume is like ridiculous. You know, he's like, he's so, so good. And it's so cool because we just go in with him and he just takes total control. Like we trust him and trust like his vision, what he wants sound wise, how he, you know, like, and he, it was really cool too. Cause there was a couple of times in the studio where we kind of like get caught up on a little section where we were like recording the, tr- the song and he, he would like put out a little idea. Like, what if this happened mm-hmm. to this? And maybe what do you guys think of that? And we're like, Oh, that's like a brilliant idea. And so like, he kind of like helped with like so much stuff that, and helped like his, it was like his vision too. So like he has some ideas in this album too, that were, you know, like based off of his ideas. So it was like a really cool time to work with him. And like his sound, like the way he, he's, he said from the get go, he wanted just a really like large, like super, super large, like sound. And um, I'm really happy with how, how the sound of the, of the album came out. Cause like you can hear it all. Like you can hear all the layers. The vocals are like really nice in the mix Dave's drums sound super crispy. My bass is sounding awesome. Chunky. Uh, chunky. <laughs> Dude, I like turned that gain up like crazy. I was like, I need my this dark glass to like go up to a hundred on the gain. This thing Try- with bass players, man, you guys are insanely talented. I feel like you're just not heard enough, you know. And with this, that's what I love about the new modernized sound of death metal. It's that like you can hear the bass lines so well. And a big part of that is because. Your baseline, I feel like the songs would be almost near to nothing if it wasn't for the bass, because I feel well, like that's kind of like the heartbeat of the song and it really drives the composition to, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, there's some albums, you know, there, I mean, there's a bunch of albums where you listen to it and you can't really hear the bass and like, yeah, yeah, that adds so much to just like, 
the 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 overall listen you know like the sound the listen and like it's cool to be able to like i love listening to an album where you can hear the bass and then i kind of like focus on okay i'm gonna listen to the bass for a second and then i'm gonna listen to the guitars for a little bit and then i'm just gonna like listen to it all and like i love it i love that why do they say turn up the bass ah see that's a big yeah that's, that's a big difference and uh uh you know what's coming right shout out again to zach for putting this out uh zach. you know on on the surface and the way it needed to sound you know he really put this album to life and and he uh, he helps like bands like not worry either like we went in there we didn't need to worry about like what he was gonna do too it's like so cool because like we'll sit down and you know like do a record a track and we'll just like record it and he'll be like all right cool ready and he'll be like we'll just do the do the riff couple riffs he's like all right great that sounds good and we're like awesome like he knows exactly like what to do when yeah. to do it, what sounds good like no worries like it's so it's a cool experience with him so lamb of god released this uh making of sacrament on on youtube i don't know if it was recently because i just discovered it did you see like because the, the point of me telling you this is sometimes bands don't really want to give it to the producer you know they kind of just want to do everything themselves but machine who's a very renowned producer you know he worked on lamb of god sacrament and the things that were said in that video like he had ideas and the band was like, no, I don't want to do that. You know? And of course, Sacrament's one of the biggest metal albums yeah. today, but you know, oh, it's, it's I, I feel like it's like, just thing that you're telling me about Zach is that he really came in with the vision and you guys really brought in and it really showed the chemistry from the songs that I mentioned. I, I heard it on Everlasting Plague, you know, Thank I think you, feel like there's that level of challenge. I feel like I can see again, I'm referring to Lamb of God Sacrament, that making of how the producer and the band like butted heads and, it was yeah, just... you can see that because other people, you know, like it, it have different visions of like what they think is going to be good. And like, it's so cool to like have somebody that shares that, like, you know, like loves the same stuff that you do, like Zach and like so experienced. And he's just like, we all, it's just like effortless with like, you know, communication and ideas and all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like it can be a little tricky with a protocol. It's like, okay, here's this, do that, you know, and I don't yeah. want to hear it again until it's done. I feel like that's. It, it it's it really seems simple on the surface but there's just so much underneath on what's going on you got to move things around you got a, a different arrangement on producing i mean yeah. my like i said my brother my brothers are musicians that are also producers so i got to see what they do you know uh behind the curtain and uh seeing what zach has done hearing it from you yourself your perspective i mean uh, that's the first thing I'm going to put on after this interview. I'm going to go back and listen to Everlasting Plague again Dude, for the umpteenth time. You know, between writing and uh, stretching the songs and the production process, like we just talked about, even the album art, Ricky, keep all this in mind as I'm asking this, because this is a part that I was really excited to get into the lyricism throughout the Everlasting Plague. Like, I feel like it's in the name, considering the state of the world, right? Like a time like yeah. today, it resonates. The That's song, yeah, the song titles I mentioned, and uh, uh, I mentioned the album art. You have that traditional demented priest on the other pathology album covers yeah. of people who don't know that I've seen, and he makes his return here on this new cover as like an apex zombie or ripping the flesh from another you dead man, like crazy, yeah, yeah. And uh, shout out to another shout out to Par Olofsson who uh, um, designed this top to bottom, you know. Uh, Again, I'm routing out to this question. I begin to think if there's something tangible like a theme 
to this album or even all your albums is that true like is a theme a big component to songwriting for you guys so the the loaded question <laughs> no yeah yeah no that's all good um the doc the, like the doctor has been a part of the album artwork since the beginning since the first album um since surgically hacked yeah. and it all it was it was cool it's, it's like a it's like a uh he's like a like some you know like a like an like a Mascot. sorry what am i supposed to say this um he's like a kind of like a reference to the band that people can like get into like and follow over all the albums and like it's we wanted dave is wanted to continue with the doctor over all these years and then bring him back and the doctor's been through all these different like through all the album covers like it's like this whole like road like this whole like life that this doctor has been a part and uh um with the everlasting plague like with stuff that was going on in the, in the pandemic and we kind of wanted to tie some of this album and like a lot of stuff kind of lyrically within this album as well like obi did a really great job he's such a good lyricist and like song titles and like he's he's ridiculous but we wanted to tie that into the pandemic and kind of tie that into what's going on with the world and then and we told that to par we kind of had like a little bit of ideas what we wanted for the doctor and he just he killed it like his art is ridiculous it's so good man uh that's that's so great to hear that it's like it's like the doctor that's like killing like the uh infected zombies and like the zombies killing the uninfected people and it's like the whole sort of like undertone of i guess you know like with covid people with vaccines that can still get the virus and can still pass away and like a lot of stuff like that if there was a cover to this pandemic i think we found that one because <laughs> because you guys have really man this is as death metal as it gets to everything like we talked about the sound we talked about the production we talked about the art like it's just you kind of just have that mental checklist in your head like you know check 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 like now what it's like i hope you know ricky i we talked a lot about this you pretty much one up yourself so it's gonna be talk about kicking off this part of your career with nuclear blast i think you guys have done that to justice and awesome. thank you uh, that was, that means a lot you know because well because also too like we had this idea early on in the songwriting where we kind of wanted to write an album that incorporated a lot of different genres within the metal uh label because mm -hmm. you know like we i mean i'm a huge deathcore and hardcore fan and just like like melodic hardcore and much like blackened deathcore and stuff like that and like a lot of a lot of uh you know like dan is really big in, into like super technical tech death and and like arc spire and and deathcore stuff and dave is really really big into just like brutal death metal and obi's super big into brutal death metal and slam and we just have like all these all these all different influences man <laughs> different things that we love and like you know and so we wanted to we really wanted to like kind of like attract now we wanted to like write an album that not, not only our fans really liked and and the progression of the band and everything and but also to be able to attract new fans and kind of open up you know the doors for some new listeners that find us and like really really like it and 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 also too to be able to like um you know tour with a wider variety of bands like there's so many tours now that it's like like it's like like to bring that back that dying fetus terror vitriol yeah, we named that we named a couple like, we named a couple of tours and i feel like you could fit with any of those tours 
Yeah. You know? And it's like, I love those tours that are, it's like, you know, a beatdown band, a deathcore band, like a, like a death metal band and like a hardcore band or like, like death, like just blending of the genres because it's like, you know, we're, we're all a big community, you know, within the metal scene. And that's what I really appreciate about the metal scene, you know, with, I mean, I know that there's other communities like, you know, with blues and, you know, hip hop and stuff like that. But I feel like what we have for the metal community is something special that no other genres really have. Very you know, true. like I feel like we have a really awesome community of, of, of open-minded people, you know, really nice, genuine, open-minded people in our, in our community. And um, yeah, I would, you know, and I, I, I really would like to get on some of those tours where it's just like a lot of different genres just to kind of more bring together the fans and, and like have a great time, you know, and like, I love those stuff. So yeah, we're trying to open up the doors for, you know, to be able to tour with a wider variety of bands and write an album that we all love, like all the riffs and everything in it, like we all really like as as people that would even come to listen to the album. And I feel like we ta- I feel like we tackled that idea of what we wanted for like sound wise for the album. If you remember um, everything that I've said, I mean, that should serve as a case in point, because uh, I feel like I can speak for a lot of metal fans out there that this album, I feel like really. 11 albums, but still, it finally, you guys are cemented now on the map, like signing with Nuclear Blast, like everything kind of just, the stars are aligning, you know, that's, that's, I'm really happy to see that from guys like you for the influences that you have and playing the music because you love it. We're not in it to make millions of bucks. Yeah, it'd be great, right? But we love the music because of how it makes us feel. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't with for the music and exactly you nail it right on the head. So many bands can mix and mash in between so many tours in the metal realm where you don't get that with blues or, or country or, or no. pop, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's very, I feel like it's very, I don't know, very specific where metal yeah. is very wide. So it's open and it's, yeah. I really love those. I really love that like a yeah. lot and i and i said uh what is it that 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 demented priest i said it was your mascot <laughs> i was like, <laughs> well, I was we, like uh, we should you should if if it's possible you should, if you can make some kind of like like a live version of that that stands with you on stage i don't know crazy, i don't know right? that's, that's, that's dress up like that guy and come on stage kind of like war or something like that that see, would be that's that's that would be awesome i would be <laughs> down to see that that's i mean when you that guys come back so come back cool. to tour um yeah uh, just an idea, but that yeah, something that would, that you, it would be amazing. You know, we actually um, talked about that already. We actually oh, like talked about that, that between that us. Would, that, that would be, be so be perfect, crazy, right? <laughs> so, from the different experiences and uh, perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we have discussed about so far, and you know, performing for as long as you have, and the people you have met and worked with, you know, during this jawbreaker of an album, I mean, including the touring life we talked about, your relationship with your bandmates and the 11 records, you know, here to build on the band's legacy. And it sounds like you still have much left to put out there with not only pathology's artistic vision, but, but yours as well, Ricky, you know, this is definitely something that you have a passion for. And from the truth is from what I'm saying, you've experienced plenty already in your career. And then some, you know, have your aspirations as a musician or hell, even just as a person, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? I do. I definitely have a newfound appreciation for just what it takes to become, you know, like I still like, I'm really humble about my playing. Like I don't like to talk about it very often. Like I really am really humble about it. And uh, I, uh, 
still have a lot of waste. There's a lot of things that I want to work on with my playing and get better at, but I have like a really, like, I appreciate like so many of the really technical, amazing players that just like where it takes them to get to that level and to be able to perform like that. And, um, like, I just, you know, some, some, some of them just blow my mind, you know, like how good they are, just how like the live shows and just, how much practicing and time and years and just like dedication it takes to get to where they are. Like I, I, since I started touring to now, like I have definitely an appreciate, like, like an appreciation that I've been building for a a lot of years with so many different bands and stuff that, especially bands that we tour with and people that I meet and just like, you know, how, great they are as people you know like i've never had an experience on on a tour i mean over the 10 years of touring that i've been in um maybe one experience where somebody on the tour in another band wasn't as cool as you know i feel like probably they should have been um but i mean other than that everybody's so cool like from the first show the first day you meet it's just like brothers you know it's just like family from the get-go like don't even we're different parts of the world you know from different areas and like it's just we all love heavy music and playing and it's just i appreciate that a lot like i appreciate everybody that i tour with and all the other bands and like i really look forward to like getting to know them on like a personal like deeper level not just going to every show every night and it's i i have a, a newfound appreciation well not a newfound but um, my appreciation is appreciation has grown for that as well too yeah, and that's why I like asking that asking that question because I think you need to celebrate. I, this is my perspective, but I feel like celebrating the little victories along the way is what it's all about. If you don't, I feel like it's easy to lose track of yourself. The more successful you are, you kind of just have to kind of just exhale, push everything to the side, and kind of look at it from the outside with a newfound perspective and go back into it. You know, because yeah, you know, it, it, this ties into you know the our love for the music. You know, and I think you should give yourself a pat on the back Ricky because you're one hell of a bass player dude well thank you because uh, you know you. I really appreciate I'm, I'm, I'm actually learning the bass instrument myself now I the only other instrument I play is a violin but you know I want to I want to oh, awesome. pick up the bass I want to learn it because it's I feel like it serves as a backbone of just music in general but um anyway love for the bass love for the bass bass players love for everything that you've done uh man okay so now we're approaching the end of our interview sadly but before I let you go, we're going to do that surprise we talked about. All right. So, okay. So if you have any coffee left, I'd definitely take a sip okay, of it now. <laughs> I'm going to chug the rest of it. So, I'm going to do something called the lightning round. All right. I'm going to go down the list here, Ricky. Okay. You're just going to have to think quick on your feet. You have to pick one or the other. I'm, ask- I'm going to ask you these sets of questions. All right. Okay. Some okay. of them are simple, some of them are just downright plain and stupid, but that's the fun part. Okay. Okay, yeah. Let's, all, right, let's, I, okay. all right. I think you're ready. All right. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think where to start because we're, we're going to go quickly down the list. So some of them will throw you off. All right. Red or blue? Blue. Vegan or meat? Meat. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Yeah, we're just drinking coffee. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Star Wars. Favorite character? Uh, 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 Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I always get that answer. It's either Luke Skywalker and some one other person. One other person told me, no, no, no. Anakin Skywalker, not Darth Vader. And I'm like, oh, that's a good yeah, let's one. Let's do a little right. shout out to Han Solo over here. <laughs> hey, hey, Han Solo. You know? There you go. 
All right. Uh, Mexican food or Mediterranean food? Mediterranean food. All right. Now, I know you're out in California, even though you're in the San Diego area. Is it for you? Is it L.A. Kings or L.A. Rams? The Kings. Okay. Okay. Because the Rams, you know, they're now moved back. So I don't know what, what yeah. it's like over there. I went, I went, so I went, went to LA last month and a lot of people are wearing Rams hats, which I didn't see two years before that. You know, like I feel like everyone's kind of just going onto the Rams bandwagon. I don't know. That's just me. I think it's because all the, like the football, like, you know, the Chargers went up to LA and that was, yeah, huge, yeah. Huge and then, and, for and then technically California lost the Raiders. So I guess yeah. they're just hopping onto the Rams. So I don't know. Uh, all right. Country or K-pop? Country. <laughs> I was gonna ask either. Pop I've, I've or K-pop. never. I've, K-pop is like the craze now, so you'd be surprised on how many artists say K-pop. Actually, <laughs> I actually really love Asian food, and I'll go to this Korean restaurant up the street, and yeah. uh, they have K-pop in there, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, bro, you my, know? my sister loves K-pop, and I'm learning more and more about these bands. I'm like, how are they like still making music? That's crazy. With like some of those like K-pop metal bands, like Baby Metal or Baby Metal. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. That's about? like that's. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, I haven't introduced my sister to that yet. So I, baby metal is probably coming up next. I'll probably blow her mind with that. All right. Uh Halloween or Christmas? Christmas. Okay, because we just finished up. I feel like I feel like Christmas for me wouldn't be as exciting if it wasn't for Halloween. That like sets, know, yeah. the, sets the mood, you know. It's like that Halloween, <laughs> then Thanksgiving. Then yeah, yeah. All right. like, I love the snow, so it's like I'm stoked for snow season. So that's oh, uh, you'll definitely get snow here in Texas, believe it or not, if you come February. Just try not to tour. It's gonna be almost impossible. All right. Uh New York or Chicago? New York. Reborn to kill or the everlasting plague? The everlasting plague. All right. Now, this is a big debate here because I'm in Texas. Is it pecan pie or pecan pie? It's pecan pie. <laughs> I agree. I, you, I it's, like, it's, it's a crazy debate here. Some people say pecan. I feel like um, I also learned that when I was speaking to Terrence Hobbs of suffocation yesterday, he says pecan out there in Long Island, New York. So I don't know if it's different. For the East Coast as opposed it, to West Coast, but it is my girlfriend's from New Jersey. And so like her her accent will kind of come out on different things. Like when she says water or orange or stuff like that. She's like super Jersey. And, Ask her uh, about that. I wonder what I, her, I wonder what her opinion <laughs> is. Cause I say pecan. And uh when you guys come down here to Dallas, try pecan pie because it's oh I love I, 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 they want to say that's some of my favorite pie, honestly. My mom <laughs> used to make that when I was a kid and I loved it. Hey, I'm what's a, what's a I'm week from now? Thanksgiving. So yeah. ideas. All right. Uh, all right. These, these questions get crazy. <laughs> um, if Voldemort, of all people, offered to give okay. you a hug, would you accept? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Some people you know, I'm that. a hugger. <laughs> we, we love hugs, you know? Who knows? You could, change, love his, hugs. You could change his life. Voldemort, that's all he wanted. I don't think he ever got a hug when he was a kid. Or whatever I forgot what his name was when he was younger, but Tom Tom Riddle. That's who that is. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Be able to talk to animals. Okay, I've had, be, I've had some people, really cool. some uh, artists, would tell me, "Yeah, I can still talk to my cat." So yeah, I would. I guess I could speak every language in the world. I'm like, all right, well, that's a good good reason I mean, I guess. that's a really good question i mean it would be god that's a tough one that's a hard one because it would be cool to like you know communicate with so many different 
cultures and you know i'm, I'm still on the fence i still don't know what i would do because there's always there's all the pros and cons because do you want to know everything that'd be pretty cool actually now i'm thinking about it okay. but then to talk to your to animals or something to like you know any that's, animal that would be crazy that would be awesome right cool. you could create your yeah, own em- awesome. create your own empire and all that in between um ideas for new album i don't know all right there's a time machine in front of you ricky it says the destination is woodstock 99 do you take the trip knowing what transpires there oh god it sounds so stupid but i don't really what happened in woodstock 99 so I don't even so, so uh i don't know if you've seen any of the media outlets what they said like there was those riots the fires oh. Um, they're the most one of the more popular oh, things yeah. they would say is how Fred Durst from Limbiscuit kind of an, initiated that entire, you know, uh, that those that was the Woodstock that went insane, right? Yeah, that, and and especially during Limbiscuit said because obviously was we if you're gonna put a bunch of angsty teens from a hot day sweating in the middle of the summer out in New York and you have a song like Break Stuff, what are they gonna do? They're okay. gonna do exactly that, right? But. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think it was Fred Durst's fault, but there's a do- new documentary out. In, I don't know if it's new, but there's this documentary on HBO called Woodstock. Oh, and, uh, no way. Yeah, a lot of the stuff sure. that they ta- that they uh, talk about in that show, like it's crazy. Like there are a lot of like uh, sexual assaults too that were happening to the women in the crowd. Wow, people didn't even know about until that documentary that released. And no way, not, that's not, not even mentioned. The, the fires were really up to like like. Uh, at a high level, especially when Rage Against Machine came on stage, but it was just, you know, yeah, it's, a tricky, it's, it's a tricky People question. I, I like asking Rage Against the Machine, bro. Oh, dude. It's a crazy question oh, because crazy, you don't know, like, yeah, I would go if I had like VIP access, but I would want nothing to do with the crowd, you know? Oh, and yeah. Water saw, was very scarce. And little side note, I saw Rage Against the Machine in 2007 at their reunion for Coachella. Holy and shit. I, ended up going into like the biggest pit that I've ever been in my entire life. And it was funny because I was, I think I was 18 or 19 at the t- or 20. I wasn't even legal drinking age, but somebody snuck me a beer bracelet. So I just went to the beer garden and like had a few beers <laughs> and Rage started playing. And I just, uh, I was like, Oh, I'm going in the pit. And then uh, I like cruised through this huge crowd. And then I got to the pit and it opened up. It was the biggest mosh pit I've ever seen in my life. It was gigantic. Man, like, see stories like that, dude. Like that's just that's amazing. Like you just illustrated this entire scenery in my head, where you're wearing this beer bracelet going beer bracelet going into this mosh pit where Rage Against Machine. Like this, that's just crazy. that's like a dream. Like at this point, it seems like a dream, right? Reliving that experience. I don't know if you want to relive that again, but yeah, it was it was fun. It was cool though, dude. Bro, I'm in my 30s now. I I can't I can't do that shit anymore. No, I can't do that either. I'm about to turn 35. I'm like, I just turned I just turned 33. So like, cheers to us being in our mid early early to mid 30s. You know, we'll we'll hit back up over 40 and see (laughs) see if we're still feeling the same way. But it's a good question I ask about Woodstock '99 because that's a festival that's like it kind of set a lot of the precedents for a lot of the festivals the way they're handling things now handling things now. Obviously. You knew what what happened in Astroworld down in Houston. Oh yeah, that's with the, with the oh, deaths. That's I mean, so that, sad. That's I mean that, that shit's crazy. I mean, festivals are a crazy thing. <laughs> but I mean, I've had other bands who tell me like even they would the Blue Ridge Rock Festival. That's another one, for example. When that happened, yeah, they, uh, I don't know if you know this. There are a lot of lawsuits uh, going on within that festival because uh, people got hurt. Yes, yeah. I don't know if you knew about that, but that's a festival no, that happened that, recently. But, but wow, yeah, festivals are uh, it's another world, but. 
uh, Woodstock 99. I feel like that kind of just, that's like the bar. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But uh, Ricky, uh, this has been an honor, man. I know we're clocked in about an hour here. I didn't realize yeah. it was about an hour. No but, worries. Man, this has oh, been great, good. dude. It was so great to connect with you, man. Um, if you have socials up, I'll give you a follow, man. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, I do. Posted when this uh, um, episode airs so you can share it with all your fans. But man, uh, before we finish things off, do you have any like last words, any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as pathology and the new album? Well, shout maybe, out to you. Maybe for, tour, you know, touring. I don't know if you can. Oh, we have, we have some plans. <laughs> um, we, uh, we have a European tour in the works uh, awesome. that is pretty much good to go. That is going to be early next year. And then we have a U.S. tour that we've been booking for a couple months now with some awesome, awesome bands. And, ah, don't uh, do that. <laughs> you're gonna oh, yeah, you're going to love it. And it's definitely going to be in Texas. 100%. It's oh, yeah. US. Yeah. Uh, Canada, too. Hopefully, we can do one, another one of these interviews with you and the guys, like in person. I mean, if uh, if the COVID protocol isn't too crazy yeah. by the time you get oh, here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. We'd love to get you and Dave and Dan and Obi all together. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, by the way, the reason why we call ourselves Interview on a Fire is because we actually give our artists chicken wings with the hot sauce. And with each Dude. question, we go hot sauce level higher. Seriously? Just, yeah. So we just did one last week oh. with a metal late artist. So, which is going to be yeah, I, tomorrow. So. I love extremely spicy foods. Like Dude, I'm still yeah. feeling the so burn from that. It. Dude, let's we, do we it. Had, so, you know, the hot sauce called the bomb. No. Okay. No. So, so it's one of the hot man. I don't know if I'll ever try that again. I tried that and holy, I'm still feeling the burn from that from a couple weeks ago. It's, it's they, you, they use that hot sauce on like that show called hot ones. I don't know if you've seen oh, that yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Hot Ones for inspiring us to give us that. That's what we call ourselves. Interview. Yeah, I will. Fire, so. I will do the Hot Wings interview <laughs> questions with you when we get to Dallas. Yeah, Kristen <laughs> already knows this. Shout out again. <laughs> a shout out to Kristen Torres from Nuclear Blast. She already knows about this. So we will definitely set something up in the near future, man. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Ricky, I'll let you go, man. I know it's 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 it's, it's been an hour, but uh, everyone. Oh, no worries. Uh, we'll stay connected, man. Everyone Sounds good. Yeah. This is Ricky Jackson. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Everlasting Plague is out now on Nuclear Blast Records. Do me and Ricky a favor, buy the album because the bands can't do it without your help. I know small request, but a big one. It really blast it. Just blast it as loud as you can. Yeah. And make sure your neighbors hear it too. You're going to get that nice uh, brick through the uh, window, but hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully it's worth it. It was worth it for me. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Ricky. Man, again, this has been an honor. I don't mean to repeat myself, but thank you from the bottom of my heart for just a great conversation, man. Dude, uh, course, you stay, man. stay safe out there in San Diego. You're in literally my favorite city ever. So enjoy every day. Dude, let me know when you come out. Seriously. Yeah, I, I definitely will. Like I yeah, said, uh, I'll give you a follow here on Instagram, at, uh, on the socials, and we'll stay connected. Um, have a great rest of the year. Awesome. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks, Christmas, brother. I don't talk to you before that. New Year, and then I'll see you on the road, buddy. I will see you soon, dude. See you soon. Have a nice rest of your day. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right, brother. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, 
please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.